Welcome to another Founder to Founder interview from Gun.io, your source for hiring world-class tech talent. Today, Gun.io's CEO and co-founder, Teja Yanamandra, sits down with co-founder and CEO, Kate O'Neill of Teaming.com, a site that helps users automate manager tasks and adapt their leadership styles to any situation. Okay, here's Teja. So I think the first time you were on the pod, you were co-founder and not yet CEO of the yes. company. That's true. <laughs> cool. That's true. Um, yeah. Okay. How did how did that sort of transition happen? And I think this is your first sort of role as CEO. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, what are your thoughts on the role, and how is it different from before? versus co-founder like yeah how are you feeling um well i'm less than a year into the ceo role so this is newbie uh <laughs> newbie cool. uh things that i've noticed well so it how it transpired um you know we we are four co-founders we're all we all know each other from our previous company um and our our ceo our teaming's former ceo was our ceo at our last company and um, that was a, you know, much bigger venture backed, you know, it, it sold and did well and all that. Um, and, you know, he was, a, I would say, a big tech company CEO, or at least um, bigger than, than we were now, than we are now. Um, and when we, you know, when we started teaming, it was like, wow, we only three of the three of the four of us hadn't done you know, startup as the first co-founder, right? Our, my other co-founder, Steven, had, he was the co-founder of our last company. So he's gone from zero to one, but none of us, none of the rest of us had. And so yeah. it has just been such a learning for, for us. Um, and thankfully, we've had Steven, um, you know, kind of guide us through that zero to one <laughs> process. Um, but our former CEO, uh, was part-time so two of us were full-time two of us were part-time and it got to the point where you know he was also ceo of another company he is ceo of another company um <laughs> and when we went when we went to go out and raise you know our institutional round which we just signed a term sheet this week um, which is exciting thanks um yeah you know our the advice was like they don't want to give a part-time CEO money <laughs> or institutions don't want to give a part-time CEO money. So what's the, you know, what makes sense um, for, for you all. And I think between Steven and I are full-time. Um, so between the two of us, it was like, you know, Steven's running the tech side, I'm running the go-to-market side. Um, and, you know, we're both incredibly close to customers, but I think from telling the teaming story, you know, it just was like, natural that it would be me um and yeah i think getting to that this point um you know it's such a learning experience i mean i'm really curious to get your thoughts on this it's, it's the most humbling experience you realize how little you actually know <laughs> um <laughs> it's a very yeah very very humbling experience um and so i've enjoyed it um, but at some point, like you also realize like you get to deal with all the 
crappy stuff, like all the problems. Um, and you want that because you want to clear the path for everyone else to really focus on the things that need to, to get done. Um, and that's something I didn't expect. Um, I don't know. I, I just didn't expect that, I guess. And it wasn't my, like the CEOs I've had before have done such an amazing job of, of that, I think that I didn't realize that that's what they were doing, right? Dealing with, with a lot of problems. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that, that's, that's probably the new, um, or the first, I think I'm 10 months in now. So, um, first 10 months would be the, the learnings. Uh, how about you? I mean, you're well into the, the, this path, but you're relatively like you guys were bootstrapped and then you raised not that long ago. Right. So this, this job must have changed a lot for you too. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. My friends, like family and like partner would say it's not been a humbling experience for me. They often <laughs> all make fun of me. They're like, like, don't CEO my life. And I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> so I need to work in the opposite way for me. Because I'm like, cool, you're coming to me with a problem. Here's what you should do. Uh, I encourage you to do this. They're like, don't talk to me like that. I'm like, okay, sorry, my bad. That's yeah. like, you're just in that mode, like 10 hours a day. So that's how you tend to operate. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, I think like when we were bootstrapped, you know, I think maybe the biggest difference from today is like, I really only had like one reality to manage. And the reality was like, it was very aligned. Like this is what we wanted to do with the company. There were no other stakeholders like really on the cap table that like, you know, needed to achieve a return. Uh, and so you could just be honest with like the team and be like, Hey, okay. I don't know what we're going to do, but like, we're going to try to grow as fast as we can and try to spend as little money as possible. Like that's what we're going to do. And when you sort of have like an institutional partner, at least this is what I've ran into. It's like, you have to be really like, I don't know is not an acceptable answer. Really. You just have to, yeah. like, you have to make a bet and you have to be like, we are raising this money to do why. And then that's it. And then simultaneously, you know, in the back of your head that like the first three attempts at doing why with, you know, X resources are not going to work out and you have to give patience and kindness, but also maintain standards. So that's been like an yeah. interesting, that's, that's just been interesting to develop into. But for me, I like to like optimize for like fun and adventure personally. And so like having like an institutional partner, like allows you just to take bigger bets and like have more fun, like at work, at least yeah. for me. Um, yeah. so yeah, so it's, it's been good. I mean, are you part of any like, uh, peer groups, like CEO groups or anything like that? Have you explored joining any of those things? There's a, t there's a group in town, actually, you should, you should be part of it. Um, it's okay. a, <laughs> uh, it's just a group of, it's like tech CEOs that run product companies, which, um, you know, is kind of unique, Interesting. I think. Yeah. Um, and they're mostly non-healthcare. So, um, we get together once a month, I think. Yeah. Once a month. I, sometimes I can't go. So it ends up being like once every other month or whatever. Um, just timing wise, but it's just a casual, like we meet at a restaurant or at someone's office and talk through stuff. Um, you know, everyone's a little bit different stages. So, 
I think that is something like I wish I had more at our stage um, peer people. <laughs> um, but it's really nice to meet in person, like the digital groups that I've tried to like get involved with. I just haven't, I just haven't like fully committed. I don't know. It's hard to find the time because it's not as structured. It's more async. And that yeah. just lends itself to like, I don't know if I feel like I can call this person to ask for advice, right? I need to slack them and figure that out. Um, although, you know, one, one group, um, there's basically two slack groups. I, I, in part of one's a marketing one that I love and, you know, just part of. And then the other one is startup Nash. Um, if you're in that one, um, I'm not as, that's probably the one that I'm just not as committed to or into, but I love it when I do engage. Um, are you in that? I, I think startup I'm Nash. in startup Nash. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, I will follow up with you separately to get, to get a sense of the, um, product, CEO yeah. group. Um, that's definitely like, I, I'm in a couple and one of the, my challenges is like one of the ones I'm in, they're like great people, but they have like their businesses operate differently than ours, you know? Yeah. Uh, like they're just yeah. a profile of the business is a little bit different. Um, yeah. So you guys are all like basically, I mean, how extensive is the diligence process with this fund? Like, do you get a sense of that yet? Or it's pretty easy? Uh, no, it was not easy. <laughs> I <Okay>. would say, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, it's it's been interesting. Like we, you know, we started fundraising at the beginning of this year and, you know, in January and February, oh, like, wow. if you look at the, if you look at the venture checks that were written, it was basically nothing. Um, it was right yeah. before SVB failed you know, um, and it was just like the market was just tanking. So, um, so we kind of reevaluated then we focused on growth. Um, we, you know, put our own money in for, to, to survive this year. Um, and thankfully we did, and that was the right move because we then had the like proof points to show, right. That this is a good business to invest in. Um, it's, you know, there's a huge opportunity here. Um, and, and we're also able to survive like <laughs> some of the, so there's so many startups that failed this year, primarily because not because they're bad businesses necessarily, but because they just couldn't keep going. The market, you know, no. money was expensive. Um, so yeah, yeah. what was your experience g going through that process? So we, so we raised last year, I, yeah, last year, last we started raising around February um, and we had like been in touch because we had been operating for a while. Like we had been in touch with a couple of funds. And so the process to get the term sheets was like quite straightforward and like pretty nice. easy actually. Um, and I would say the difficulty for us was like, we had a set of offers that were like real, like really good economic terms, but you know, this is just my worldview. It's like, I, when you bring out like an institutional partner, like you are married basically, you yeah. know, like through the life of the yeah. company. And so the harder part was for us was like figuring out who like just was like aligned with like our philosophical like view on the world and how yeah. we want to build the company and how we think about things and who, and who could like compliment us and make us better. Um, yeah. And so, we found a fund that 
I, I mean, they, they had done a really good job of staying in touch with us. And we, we just really liked their like vibe and like who the partner on our deal was going to be and who the partner on the board was going to be. I was just like, I was very careful about signing somebody, you know, yeah. um, like partnering with somebody. And that's probably on me for sure. But I would say a year into it, like makes me wish I'd done it sooner for sure. Mm, um, interesting. You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I would have been capable of like being like responsible enough and mature enough to like handle like the amount of resources that you get injected into the company truly. But um, I think that like, for me personally, just like, like the added diligence, the thoughtfulness that happens, like when you have a proper board, oh. you know, that, that stuff is just not stuff that we had before. Um, and like, they're actually helpful, like when it comes to like budgeting and like, Hey, here's how we think about this role. Here's what we've seen people pay at our portfolio companies. Cool. We need to hire this role. Like, here's how you, you got to think about this role. And like, here's maybe what you can get them to manage. Like, and you're like, cool. I don't have to go and like ask a bunch of people, get their opinion. I have a guy who's like actually economically invested in the outcome of the company. There's like, here's our worldview. Like, so that's, yeah. that's, that's, huge. that's been really. It's, it's interesting. It was the exact opposite problem. So the, the term <laughs> sheet process was, <laughs> was really hard for us. Um, I think mostly because it's, it's a different time. It's a different time. It's a different time. But, but also the, the company that we're, we ended up working with is my old boss from a decade yeah. ago. Um, and so that was someone like we, I know, right? And I think my co-founders now know well enough that our worldviews align really well. Um, but that was like, that was an easy decision for me. Um, he sold a company to a company that I worked for and then he ended up being the head of product and I reported to him um, a decade ago. And so I knew, you know, known entity, he's been through this before, he's raised money before, he's sold companies before, he's been in, you know, my seat. Like this is, you know, we're, yeah, just same page. You know, that was, that was easy. But I do think that that's such a big problem that's where it becomes expensive, right? If you don't make that, is your worldview the same? Are your values the same? Are you, how do you make decisions? If that isn't aligned, like that's the most expensive choice. Yeah. Or opportunistic choice, like, right? Like it's the, the biggest lever, um, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. And like, you know, one of the, you know, it's funny, like one of the things that I think a lot of funds like, I mean, I don't know. I'm sort of like my experience with like working with an institutional fund is like one. So I might be like, oh, like extrapolating a trend that doesn't exist. But I feel like what makes our relationship work is that like I have like a deep amount of respect for who the person on our board is. And that's because of just like the way that like they carry themselves and like the way that they help us like work through problems and i think a lot of and this is just my impression but i think a lot of folks like expect to be given that respect if you're like a venture investor just because yeah. of their the nature of their work and because they've seen a lot of companies but like so much of like your respect for somebody in a working professional working capacity is like based on your 
relationship with them. It's not based on their track record. It's like maybe exactly. that gets you the first two meetings, but like for them to have influence on your decision making, you need to like actually be like, this person's awesome. And like, I yeah. want to listen to them, you know? Yeah. Um, You're so, so on. I, I so, so jive with that. And I would say too, like of the, we talked to, you know, over a hundred funds. Um, and I would say 85% of them on the first meeting, I was like, no, I don't really want to work with you <laughs> for <laughs> that reason. You know, I mean, I hate to say it. Like at some point it becomes like, do, well, do you want the company to exist or not? Right. For, for at some point, right. If you're, if you're struggling to raise, um, thankfully we didn't, we didn't get to that point, but you're right. Like you expect there's this like weird dynamic where they, it comes across as we're the experts, we're the ones with the cash, we're the ones with the control, like we control your destiny and, and that's how it feels. And that, that doesn't feel good. So that's not what I want yeah. to sign up for. So, yeah. Um, yeah. That's, yeah, the, that's the opposite of why you start a company. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. So you um, said you, you um, have proud, like people come to you with problems and you, and you CEO them a little, how do you get to that point? Like I, have fallen in love with the problems that I've solved in the past marketing problems. I love um, the problem that we're solving for customers. I love, but like, you know, the accounting and legal problems and, you know, like stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't discovered my, the enjoyment of solving those problems. So I'm curious how you do that. You know, this is, this is like easier said than done. And this is only, this only works for my psychology. So I can't, it's hard for me to like provide advice on this because every company is different. Every CEO operates differently. It's not about the problem to me. It's more so like who I get to work with to solve that thing. And so there are aspects of the business where like, I really love engaging with certain people on whatever like is under their purview and it's like a joy to be on a call with them or in a meeting and be like all right like let's work through this like and it's fun right and so like yeah i mean i don't know there are probably some cfos who love like doing accounting but like i it's kind of boring but like i love the dude who who is like running that aspect of the business for us and so it's like i can tolerate like going through like here's our BBAs, here's this, this, this. And I'm like, okay, sounds good. So I actually, yeah, I find um, absent of any person, there are obviously things that I like, like focus areas of the business that I enjoy solving more than others. Um, But for me, it's more about like, you know, I'm just extroverted. Like I like dealing with people and I I enjoy solving problems with people. So um, does that answer your question? Like, it does. And it actually does speak to, to me. I think, we're, you know, we're earlier stage than, than you. And so we don't have someone to, to do that thing. So it, it's sort of like a divide and conquer, right? We, yeah. There's just so much stuff to get done. And we got to close this round to be able to go hire the people that go do the, you know, that that can be that, um, you know, the, to, that can be, have, have that engaging problem solving mindset with. And we'd have that as co-founders for sure. Um yeah, talk about people who have totally different functional areas of expertise, but come together to solve problems. That gives me motivation and energy and all that. But at the times when it's just like, we just got to divide and conquer to get this done. That's when I struggle, I think. 
you know, to, no, same. to love, love those problems. <laughs> no, no, yeah. same. I mean, like practically, I know this about myself. It's like, you know, sometimes I, I love working on like a Saturday because like, I know that it's like important to people like that. I unblock a certain thing. That's maybe the only time in my week that like I have to be able to do it. Um, but if it's like a, if it's like a rote thing that I just like, I need to read a report, like this report's really important to like inform my worldview about like something I will procrastinate that to like the next weekend. Right. Cause it's like, there's no like actual people dimension to it. I'm not talking about it to anybody necessarily. So I try to create hooks in my life, especially with work that like have a dimension of social accountability and some social output to motivate myself to do it. and like actually enjoy doing it. Um, I just know that about myself. Yeah. 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 I, it's hard for me to do anything. That's like a fundamentally like siloed alone thing. Um, yeah. So. Same. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I find I do this habit and my co-founders have called me out on it before <laughs> where I'll say, you know, it'll be something that isn't urgent, but is important. Um, and I'll yeah. say, great. I'll have that yeah. to you by tomorrow. I'll have that to you by tomorrow. <laughs> And we'll get off the call and my co-founders say, why do why'd you put the ticker on it for tomorrow? <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> I do that. <laughs> and and uh, it, I I care about doing it in the time that I say I'll do it. So like I have to put that ticker on because I care for me to be that accountable person and I care that someone else sees me as that accountable person. Um yeah. which, you know, maybe that's bad, but that's I care. <laughs> No, that's, that's powerful. So like, have you, have you developed, like, it sounds like you've just carried forward your habits previous to the role, basically into the role. And like, that's why it's working. Like, this is like, even if the title is new, fundamentally, the way you operate is not really that new. Um, does the responsibility feel different or it feels the same as before? On the habits piece, I would say I'm trying how I managed habits before, but I have, I feel like I had mastery of that in marketing. Like this is the cadence. This is the, you know, scale. This is what, you know, this is the next decision we need to make like, and, and be able to do it fast. Like I got to the point where I, I mastered it and I could do it fast on a day-to-day basis on a, on a weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. Like I knew the, the flow, if you will, with this, I do not know. I do not know the flow. I feel like I'm getting, <laughs> Like I'm not controlling it. It's controlling me. Right. And that's really hard. So I'm trying to get out of that for sure on the habit side, um, how it feels from a responsibility perspective. Um, it does feel different. I think, um, you know, there's just things that we, you know, as, as a, a founding team, you know, if there's a struggle to decide something now, sometimes it falls to me, right? Like, okay you know, we, we are deadlocked on this. Kate decides, um, <laughs> you're like, okay, you know, that is, it is just a little bit different. I, I, it's rare. It's incredibly rare. We're such a fluid, um, team in that way where I never, I don't feel alone in that, but I feel a deeper sense of responsibility. I don't know that I did before maybe, um, not by much, but it is, it's like, it's different. Um, I also think, the thing that's most different is the way that people look at you from outside, right? Like they're like, Oh my gosh, you know, you're CEO now. And, and I'm like, okay, yeah. But I mean, 
I own the same amount of the company mostly, right? <laughs> you know, like, like the title changed, yes, but ultimately the responsibility of all this hasn't necessarily. So I would say it feels a little bit different to me in, internally, but what I notice most is that it feels different to other people a lot. And I don't yeah. fully understand that, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just <laughs> different. I don't know. Yeah. Do, do you feel that? Totally. Or you were always, you've always been CEO. So it, you haven't had to go through that transition. I mean, it gets more real with every like added level of commitment, you know, yeah. but measured in increments of employee or, and increments of revenue or increments of capital, like you, like the, yeah. like, well, the one thing I told like one of my colleagues is like the most interesting thing about today versus like 18 months ago is like, now you have people making commitments on your behalf to other people and you have not met those. Like, I don't know every customer, you know, yeah. I don't know every developer. And like, there was a time in which like I did. And so that's always like super interesting to think about like you're, you know, as the, as the CEO, like you're, if something is poorly delivered in terms of experience, like that's ultimately on, on us. Yeah. 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 And so that's been interesting to grapple with. And I just try not to think too hard about it because I think you can drive yourself insane if you, have you had to, have you had, yeah, I, um, it's interesting. I, maybe I have a different perception of CEOs as well. We have this, we have a vendor who we are their customer. Um, and we had a really crappy experience multiple times. Um, and, and it was not our fault. It was basically the, the, the essence of the situation is, um, we got shut off out of nowhere to their software platform. Um, and, I was like, what, you know, what the heck is going on? I, you know, emailed our sales rep um, and finally heard back, like, we're so sorry. You know, we just made a mistake. We just shut you off for no, basically no reason. It's like, okay, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and then for the next two quarters, we, we are on quarterly billing. Um, and the first quarter, they just didn't send us a bill. <laughs> And then shut us off again, right? So I'm not thinking about paying it. I, I expect I'll see a bill and then I'll pay it. Um, they shut us off like, hey, they're like, well, we shut you off for non-payment. I'm like, I never got a bill from you. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, you're right. We didn't send you one. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like what? And then the next time they sent us, they actually sent us the bill, but the link didn't work to pay it. Pay it. So I, you know, I lost the it in my mind, right? I was late on it because I couldn't, I couldn't pay it. And then I didn't like re stay on top of it essentially. So they shut us off again. Yeah. And I finally was like, they, and they shut us off again and they sent us a note saying that they were going to, they were escalating this to their legal department because we didn't pay. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and so I laid it all out and I CC'd the CEO of this company. Like this has been our experience. And we get this like veiled threat of legal action because we didn't pay a bill that we couldn't pay, <laughs> you know, through the this portal that you sent us. No response. I got no response from the CEO. I was like, wow. And they're not, I mean, they're much bigger than us, but they're not a huge company. Um, 
And I was like, that's shitty. Like, I am not going to be that CEO. I am going to respond to this. I'm going to try and be proactive too. Even if you don't CC me, I want to know about it. And I want to reach out and say, hey, I'm so sorry you had this experience. Because that stuff's going to happen, you know? I don't know. Have you thought, have you had to deal with that yet? And what is your like principle behind it? Yeah, I personally, like, I, I love dealing with the bad shit. Like that's, yeah. that's, I think where we get to earn our stripes. So, um, yeah, I like it. I like many customer problems are escalated to me. And like, we're in the people business, you know, like we're hooking up developers and companies and like people are like, they're not bits. They're not like consistently yeah. delivered, you know, all the time. And so, yeah, we deal with a lot of that stuff and my psychology is like well suited to handle that stuff. And I share the same opinion as you, like ultimately it, it's meaningful if you care about customers and like resolving an issue um, and yeah. that, and, and like your team sees that. Like, so I think it's really important. Totally agree. So you guys are raising your first round, the first, first institutional round. You guys have raised around before or. Friends and family angels us was the before. So now, yeah, this is our first institutional round. Got it. Are you guys thinking about this like a seed round or like a series A? Seed. Yeah, I would say it's a seed still. Um, but I don't know. It's like, what do you call it? I don't, <laughs> even even yeah. the institutional people are like, I don't know, call whatever you want to call it. It's <laughs> I guess we'd call it seed because it's from a seed fund. Honestly, that's how why I think about it. The institution is a seed fund. So, you know, but they do make some big investments. So. I don't know. Are they a seed round <laughs> or seed fund? Okay, cool. That makes sense. And so as you think about like capital deployment, you know, where, where are some areas that you guys are like really excited about investing in um, over the next, you know, two years? So the, I don't know how much you uh, have know about us, but we, there was a point in time where we were, we thought we were dead in the water. Um, we basically built a performance management system, which is like, do you do annual reviews and that sort of thing? Or do you have like systems to, to review performance for employees yet? I don't know. You might not be big enough yet. I don't know. Do you do that? Or do you do it in like Google Docs? Yeah, yeah we have. Yeah, we do it like in a janky way. We need to be better about that for yeah. sure. You know? So we we had basically built that. Um, and there was there's companies that are like, um, Sam Altman's brother runs a company that does that to give you an idea of like the scale of, you know, <laughs> who we're up against. Um, and, and, um, and so we thought, man, we're, we're just not going to win here. Um, but what we were able to do and AI has helped us tremendously do this. And this is the, the forward vision of the company is, um, is individual feedback and coaching for employees at every time they interact. So like the first example of that is you use teaming in your one-on-one meetings with your direct reports. And we do all the things that a performance management system would do. We keep track of your goals. You can create agendas. You can take your, take down notes. You can manage all your tasks, right? It's a task manager. It's like, you know, every operational tool you need to lead your team. But that's, there's nothing differentiated about that really, right? It, it exists. Um, the future and what we're, we, we launched this in August and it's just been a, you know, um, growth chart for us with this, which has been 
awesome. That's excellent. Yeah, is we join your one-on-one with, uh, have you ever used like Otter or 15, or Otter or um, Fireflies, the note takers? Um, so yeah. we built one. Fathom, yeah. anything like that. Yeah. yeah. We built one. Um, so we do that for you. We take your notes for you. Um, but we use the information we get from the meeting, right? How you're communicating with your direct report, how the, the direct report is communicating with you. And we merge that with, that employee's performance, their disc profile, like their, you know, communication style, their, um, you know, uh, engagement, right? We're measuring their engagement about how they feel about working on this team for you as a manager, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And we're able to provide immediate feedback of like, hey, when you talked about, um, you know, hiring Gun.io for your devs, like that was a really good conversation with that direct report because you communicated in this way, which is how this employee prefers to hear, you know, feedback or something like that. When you talked about Project Cup, I don't know, I'm looking at a cup, Project Cup, right? There was some tension because, um, you know, you dove into the details with them and they, you know, that can feel like micromanagement. Um, and then r- the converse side of that, right, is that the employee gets the same thing. Hey, when you talk about, um, you know, hiring gun, uh, you know, you dove too far into the details and your manager just wanted a high level status update on it. Um, and so it's just helping people flex to each other's style. Um, but it's immediate, it's contextual, it's timely so that you can use that over time to build those really great relationships with the people on your team. Um, so people, that's sick. Yeah. The result of it has been, um, just truly awesome people. You know, there's, I think people like you who are extroverted and they get that motivation from working with people and teaming has been really helpful for people like that because, they feel like it's a tool to do that better or to, to know those people even more. And then on the reverse side, right, the more introverted um, or maybe more just like work focused rather than people focused managers, <laughs> you know, find that this is like <laughs> teaming is like a playbook for them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I no. know how to connect. I know connecting with Tasia is important, but I don't really know how to do that. And so teaming helps me to do what I know is important, but I don't know how to do. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been great. That's awesome. That's deploy. You asked about deploying capital. That's what we're investing heavily in, right? Is, is the data we need to do that. The, the AI oh. training, the AI to be able to do that. Um, it's, it's all that. And we're hiring a salesperson. Got to, we got to get on that <laughs> right now. It's still yeah. meeting, so. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. I mean, well, I'm sure you're killing it in sales. You're probably the best performing salesperson. Um, so uh, that's, that's interesting. And I mean, honestly, like our, the way that our company works, like the feedback system, like mirrors this process. So I feel like, I mean, I will, I will have somebody, we will take a look. At team yeah. and hopefully, hopefully be a customer. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, no pressure. Yeah. But like, you know, in terms of what we're investing in, there's so much opportunity to do even more of what we're doing, right? We're in like the infancy stage of it. 
No, totally. And like, maybe like when we like scale to like a hundred people or something like that, like it becomes like we need more systematic performance reviews. But like now, you know, you're meeting everybody every week, you know, like everybody's thinking every week on something. And so you just want to be like, hey, like just do better here because like X, Y, and Z reason. Like that's it. That's the extent of the performance review, you know? Yeah. Like I, yeah. in a year, the biz, our business fundamentally changed too much, too, changes too much, at least in our context and your context, probably too. Uh, definitely in your context, it sounds like to yeah. where like, I feel like if I'm giving like a quarterly or an annual performance eval, it's like not relevant anymore. That's the thing. Like, yeah. We, we barely do them anymore. Honestly, like you can yeah. still, but like, it's the maintenance of those conversations, the, the regular nature of having those good conversations that's the most important in, you know, businesses like ours. And honestly, even like large enterprises are like, you know, when you talk to the employees, they're like, yeah, I don't know why we do it. <laughs> they're, they're like, I don't know why you didn't tell me 11 months ago I needed to improve on this thing, right? Like, <laughs> that's, makes that sense. No, that's, that, that's exactly <laughs> how I feel. Like, you know, if like your friend is like constantly showing up late to like hang out, you're not going to be like, all right, October one, I'm going to tell my friend. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're like, you're, you're like, yo, dude, like, just like, can you work on this? Like, what's going on? You know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly um, right. Okay. So, so as far as the seed round, you guys are like heavily investing in product and in engineering. So when you say like train an AI, like, uh, like, are you guys going to, are you guys thinking about like basically having a custom sort of language model that is going to be trained and help, you know, orient people and inform people around the right way to communicate? Yeah. So right now we're, right now we're working with OpenAI because we just cool. don't have the ability to do it ourselves, right? We're not enough people. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that's something that we need to, we need to figure out. Um, it's, I think there's like a crawl, walk, run on it where we're in crawl right now. Walk would probably be using multiple LLMs, um, because they all have different, um, they have different ways of analyzing the communication that's happening, right? Cause it's not just the AI piece of it, but it's actually being able to intake the information and understand what's, what we're feeding it. Um, and then, and, and then the output, right. Um, and then I think, you know, and this is probably years, many years down the road. Like, I think there is a world in which every company is going to end up building their own LLM because it's defensible, it's defensible, you know? Um, but who knows? I don't know. I'm curious what your thoughts are on the future of that. And if you're using it, um, to help match or pair people and companies and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm like kind of, uh, I like a layman when it comes to like understanding the direction of AI. Um, you know, but I will give you my thoughts since you asked. Yes, please. Um, <laughs> We're all laymans. We're I, all laymen. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, you know, what's interesting is I actually, I just did an interview with this dude who, um, is CEO of a company called Firetail. And it's a cool company. They do basically like API security. And he was actually he was actually talking about like, it's interesting, maybe I'll have to connect you guys. He was talking about how 
especially as like companies build like their LLMs or as they're leveraging like other LLMs, like um, security becomes a huge issue because you're sending basically personally identifying data to a third party. And like, how do you make sure that like that's secure, it's not vulnerable, you know, that sort of thing. And so I don't know, I'll reach out to him and if, yeah. if you guys would like, um, I don't know if that's on the roadmap, but sounds it like is. it is. Okay. It totally is. We get, um, it's interesting, like we're still small enough where there's basically three schools of thought when we get into the executive level of a deal. One is um, basically like, we're not going to be able to control this. So we're just going to go with it. <laughs> um, the middle, the, and then the, uh, the other side is like, we have a hard stance, no AI, where we will not allow employees to sign up for anything. You know, we're not, we're not going to get into this thing until we really know what it, the impact is. And then in the middle, it's like, basically, enter, large enterprises are trying to architect deals uh, with, you know, ChatGPT, OpenAI, where they're getting their own version, essentially, of um, OpenAI. And they're signing their own privacy agreements that, like, OpenAI won't use the data that they're getting from Square, right, or Stripe or whatever, to train to continue to train. Um, I think that's probably the future, right? The lawyers are going to lawyer <laughs> and they're going to figure out basically, you know, until these companies can build their own LLMs, how can they safely and in the right privacy settings um, be able to, to empower their employees to move faster? Because I think it's a foregone conclusion with all of the tech companies anyway that they have to they have they they're gonna get left in the dust if they don't use it um and build it so i don't know no i i agree i agree we have a policy now that's like you cannot feed proprietary information into into open ai yeah that's like uh that's a company stance and there's like there's a couple of reasons i think the primary reason is like we have we have a government contract and so like there's certain regs that you have to follow around information security and things like that. Um, I, I, I'm in the camp though, that like, like we're comfortable sending it to like Bard or Azure, like building our own relevant yeah. model that's trained yeah. to our business. Yes. Right. Uh, I, because I think building your own LLM is like prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, yeah. you need like a ton, a ton of money and a ton of engineers who are really smart to do yeah. it. Um, right. That's like, a, that's like, I mean, that's open as business. So you need to have like a separate business to do that. So I think that's a good exactly. Um, I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. I think over the long term, just like what happened, like with, um, you know, being able to host on the cloud versus like having your own racks, I think that's like the direction that AI will go. You know, yep. you could probably lease, you know, the service from these big software companies whose main business is like hosting. It saves me a ton of time. Like, yeah. For sure. So much, so much time. Yeah. Yeah. And what's possible is it still blows my mind sometimes. Like on big things, right? Like for us, it's, you know, how do we how do we break down communication to make it more effective, right? That's super complex between every individual person on the planet um, down to like, I bought new sheets last week. <laughs> I fed it my requirements. <laughs> I fed it my requirements and I got back the best like 
most inexpensive sheets and I slept on them this week and I freaking love them. I'm like, this is great. Like, you know, well, I didn't, yeah. yeah. Anyway, do, do you, what's your, do you like Egyptian cotton or tensile <laughs> or linen? You can like, what, give me your set. Like, I'm sure you've thought about this and you've researched this. I actually have strong opinion on bed sheets. So I'm just curious what yes. you so, are. I fed I, my my requirements are um, <laughs> are I want I like crispy cool sheets okay. right that are smooth um, and I got back percale weave of Egyptian cotton is the best for that okay um, nice so per, percale weave I've learned has a single thread over under um, like is how they're made and that's how they get the really smooth crisp clean feel. Um, what is what are your thoughts? <laughs> What's no, your those are, <laughs> <laughs> My favorite are eucalyptus based tensel uh sheets. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, super soft, like amazingly soft. Uh, and then in the summer I like linen, obviously. Um and I, and I think linen linen might be like like if you want to optimize for comfort and health, typically I've found that like linen sheets have like the least, like I'm such a weird, like I don't like to have anything like processed or like, yeah. you know, um, anything that's like bad for me. Although obviously I still like, like the party and like, you know, have the occasional yeah. alcoholic drink. So yeah. I don't know. I'm like grappling with that, but like, I like those. And it's cool that, that you've leveraged basically AI to help you make that decision because i would spend like 30 minutes trying to figure out like which ones to buy and you could just feed it into that you yeah. to figure out that for yeah. you yeah. I, that's so interesting i've not thought you know you spend so much time with sheets on your skin it's almost like worse than clothing or as as important as clothing right like um, as i've never thought about yeah. that yeah yeah um yeah, yeah i've read Sup some articles super important there's like uh, some chemical they use to process um, leggings, right? I don't know if, I think Lululemon uses it, um, but it's like been linked to ovarian cancer. And like, you're like, wow, you know, that's really bad. Um, so. hundred uh, percent. No, you're putting like basically like a petroleum based thing near your, like yeah, on your skin. Like, Reproductive organs. Part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. So I, I, I definitely am super intent on like not doing that to the extent yeah. possible. You know? Yeah. Um, I've never tried linen sheets though, but I can see, I, I guess I've always thought, are they, do they feel scratchy? You know? They, okay. You got to wash them like 10 times and, okay. and then they don't feel scratchy anymore. But, but real good ones, like high quality ones will like feel scratchy for the first you know, let's say you keep your sheets on for two weeks. It'll take you about half a year to get it like Damn. soft. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you change every two weeks, but like, you know, it, but it's worth it because yeah. in a half a year, you have like these fully natural, awesome sheets. And like, I'm big on sleep. Like, I want to sleep well because, you know, you got to use your brain like a lot during yeah. the day. So, yeah heck yeah yeah i've had that's something 
I don't know if it's age or stress um, from being an entrepreneur. It's but I've had, <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. I've had a really hard time sleeping and it's this like vicious cycle, which I don't know if you feel this, but like um, I used to be pretty good about working out. Um, physical fitness helps my brain focus like a lot. Um, if I don't get physical fitness, I can't, I'm just not as smart. Like that's the, <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, it's just not going to be a good day. Um, but, uh, I haven't necessarily felt that with sleep the, in the way I have my whole life with, with physical fitness. Um, but I broke my foot this summer. Oh, geez. Like, like you can't do anything with a broken foot. It's like, I was doing yoga, no yoga, you know, walking like, no, you were running. No, you can't do that. Right. So it's, it's been very hard, um, to get, get that. And so it now affects my sleep too, right? If I don't get exercise, then I don't, my sleep is crappy, right? So it's like this vicious cycle of I have to have to work out so that I can be a productive human. And then I have to sleep to be a productive human, but I can't sleep if I don't work out. It's, it's you know, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Do you, do you feel like working out like helps you deal like and with and process like work related items or so much i used to be a runner and that was really good for me um to create focus just straight up focusing on tasks with my brain um but now and especially as becoming an entrepreneur um yoga has been I, like I, it's almost like yoga running doesn't work anymore because my mind doesn't focus on running it focuses on the other things and that's not good yeah. <laughs> so yoga <laughs> yoga um helps me because like a teacher is there saying like bring this you know bring it back to this moment you know don't get don't get don't let the other things seep into your mind you know like they're actually it's mindful as well as um physical fitness and that's huge and you really i'm still it's still painful to do. I broke it in August and it was, you know, I was cleared for working out again, doing yoga again, eight weeks later. And I still am struggling. It's still painful. I'm like, God, Oh, you know, I'm, I really miss yeah. it. Yeah. What yeah. do you do? do you, for um, so, okay. Do you know the Peloton? Do you have the Peloton app? Yes. Have you tried like the Pilates or the yoga on the Peloton app? No, I only the bike. Okay. Stuff. Okay, they have like some really cool like 10 5 minute like stretching, yoga, pilates, also weights. Okay. Um and like like dance cardio as well. So like what I normally do is like I have like a gym in my house. So if I'm working from home, like it's pretty convenient to be able to lift in the morning um you know during the during the work week. And then Saturdays and Sundays I like go to a proper gym um to to train. Um, I also like training jujitsu, uh, but I recently tore my ACL, so I can't do oh. that for a while. So similar to you, that's like, Sorry. that's a thing where, yeah, yeah. no, it's okay. It's, it happens. It's part of the game. Um, and so, uh, I feel like, yeah, with jujitsu, I can take my mind off of work and mm -hmm. like you're forced to because like you're like you're physically grappling with another human being and like you can't really think about anything else except that uh, yeah because like they're they're literally trying to like choke you so you're just <laughs> yeah. like okay like i'm focused i'm focused here um 
but I, but I, but to replace that, I have found like if I can get like an hour for lunch or something like that, I can eat in like thirty minutes and like maybe spend the first thirty like doing like a Pilates class or like a um, yoga class. That's like yeah. pretty convenient and like also, you know, I. If I go to like a yoga class, it's like a big commitment. It's like a, it's 30 minutes there. It's an hour there. It's 30 minutes back. It's shower. It's two, three hours out of your day, you know? Yeah. Um, but if you do it at home, like after work or in the morning, like it's pretty solid. So I got to try that. I live on top of a core power. So I just have to work, walk downstairs. <laughs> oh, that's sick. Yeah. 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 It's, it's still a big commitment, even like, you know, because you have to like change your clothes and get your water and get your man. Like, go, you know, it, I mean, I can do it in like ten minutes, but then you're there for an hour, and then ten, and then shower, and you're you're right. It's 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 a lot. Um, yeah, I need to. I, I gotta use the Peloton app for more than just bike. Um, so you've you've inspired me. No, it's <laughs> really cool. It'll it'll like because like I I love weightlifting, but. Sometimes, like, that's not, I don't know. This is, like, you can really only do that, like, once per day. But if you, like, if you, like, need to, like, process an issue, and it's not helpful to sit in front of a computer to process it, like, I like to do something like that for, like, 10 minutes. And usually that really helps. So, um, yeah, I'm big into, like, trying to be physically, like, I feel like the better your physical health is, the better that you show up at work, generally. Yeah. Um, definitely so. it's it's mental for me my mental health is so much better when my physical health is you know yeah on point it's yeah. dialed in eating right yeah. sleeping well yeah totally <laughs> um yeah on the concept of sleep you know it's interesting i i this would happen when we would go into the office every day i would get so stimulated from being around my colleagues that i would not do any work around them i would just like spend time talking to them and like solving problems with them and I like have this stack to do list of like things that only I can look at and yeah. do, you know, cause like they're like emails to me that have downstream to do's and like, I can't offload them to somebody else. Cause like I need to do them. And so I would just get home, sign another coffee, get it done. And then by the time we finish, it's like midnight or 11 and you're just laying in bed and you're just like, okay, I need to not do that the next day. And then you do it again the next again. day. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's been a little bit easier to like be more disciplined because now I can like segment like in office time or meeting time with people differently since like we're a remote first company. How do you get that or how have you transitioned to get that like stimulation that you do need, right? Or or connecting with humans remotely? Um have you how have have you figured out what the right um mix is for you? To the extent possible, I like seeing people in person. Um, but you know, and so I try to meet regularly with people like in real life that are like local to Nashville, like grab a beer with them or maybe grab some lunch. And then we try to get the leadership team together every quarter because everybody's remote. Um, we do our quarterly board meetings where like, you know, uh, our investors fly in. Um, so it's pretty healthy because those meetings, like, there we do a lot together you know we're planning we're talking we're hanging out we're going to dinner hanging out afterwards and so that feels right to me um and then i'm also part of like a number of different like peer groups that meet monthly yeah and so that's actually been super helpful and then like also 
you know, I go to the gym every week or I go train jiu-jitsu, you know, quite often. So I, I, I can get that stimulation in different contexts in different ways. For me personally, I'm, I'm more productive from an output standpoint, not going into the office every day, because if I go into the office every day, I'm not getting done the things that I need to get done. Generally. Yeah. Um, Same. So Same. That, yeah. <laughs> And it's not it's the same for everybody, maybe, but I, it sounds like it's the same for you. Yeah, um, totally. Where can people, like, oh, we've done an hour already, and I don't know if yeah. we oh, got wow. a chance to dive in too much into the company, but I think, I, think, I think you did a great job at, like, just, like, feature casting and, and telling the world, like, why people should sign up to teaming. So where can people find teaming on the interweb and where can people find you? Good question. Um, teaming is teaming.com, um, though uh, we are rebranding. So it will okay. We'll forward it for sure, um, but we'll have a new name at some point. But go to teaming.com anyway, whenever you're listening to this, because it'll be there. <laughs> and uh, for me on LinkedIn, it's Kate O'Neill. I think my like slug is O'Neill Kate um, on, on LinkedIn and that's been a really incredible tool for me. If I don't know if how active you are on LinkedIn, but I, you know, we get most of our sales leads that way. Um, but for me personally, it's been, you know, quite a great way to build a community and make connection. Um, and like anything with a community, you kind of have to contribute, right? So I, I try to post once a day about something that's, you know, relevant to me or what I know is relevant to, to the folks that I'm connected to, um, that's relevant to teaming and the problems that we help people solve. Um, it's not salesy. I, I mean, I guess occasionally it's like, yeah, we got this new feature, you know? Um, but like really problem solving with your customers and your prospects on LinkedIn has been such a great, um, avenue and channel for, for us to, to be able to, yeah get to get to know the folks that we're serving that's awesome so that's yeah, where you can that, find us <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's cool no yeah. o'neill kate with one l and yes. o'neill yes o-n-e-i-l i'll tell you the story of why o'neill is spelled so many different ways um at some point yeah. <laughs> you're listening to the founder to founder podcast powered by gun.io's frontier network we release a new episode every Thursday morning, so be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you stream your music. Please leave us a review and share with your friends. You can follow us online at The Frontier Pod or drop us a line at team at gun.io to get in touch about hiring world-class tech talent. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to Gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.